And my definition of leadership is when others choose to follow you in the absence of power, authority, and position because they believe in you and the direction you're willing to take them. A lot of people report to bosses, not necessarily leaders, because a leader may not always have the positional power, but they certainly have the influence to move people. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hey there, folks. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, calling from Dallas. I've got Joy Fitzgerald, who is the Senior Vice President, Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at United Health Group. Joy, how's it going today? It's going great. It's a beautiful Friday. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. I appreciate you being here. I know you're, you got a book going on. Why don't you tell our listeners about your book, but really about you and what brought you in your career to where you are now? And then I'll get into some questions. Awesome. So a little bit about me. I think I am a serial entrepreneur. Ever since I've been a little girl, I've always wanted to give back and help others in any way that I could. I think the second piece, I've always been an advocate for those who may be underserved, underrepresented, or marginalized. Even as early as probably seven or eight years ago, I remember trying to advocate in my little young voice around what I thought was just unfair uh, relative to how someone was being treated due to their differences. I've spent majority of my career in the human capital space, uh, leading leadership development and a number of years leading diversity, equity, and inclusion. And how this new book, Finding Authentic Rhythm, How to Win on Your Terms in Corporate America came about, I think it was me speaking. I kind of my side gig, as you would say, would be speaking joy. I know my purpose is to speak joy into the hearts and souls of those I'm honored to meet. One year ago, this month, Women's History Month, I was attending a conference uh, hosted by Black Enterprise. So it was about 1,800 Black women in attendance. And I was on stage on a panel with other amazing women talking about one of my principles that's in the book. And this principle is SIS, S-I-S, you got this. And at the end of the presentation, a young lady raised her hand and said, how can I learn more about the principle you talked about? And let me be clear. I had never said these words before in my life. I had never thought this, but organically, this is how I answered the question. I said, you can learn more about my sis, you got this principle in my new upcoming book coming in the next year called Finding Authentic Rhythm. Women were like, and immediately I thought, oh crap, what did I just do? What did I sign myself up for? Where did this title come from? And my daughter happened to be in the audience. And afterwards she whispered in my ear and said, mom, I know you didn't mean to say this, but your soul spoke what the universe needed to hear. And by the way, that title is fire. Get to writing. So on March 1st this year, in honor of Women's History Month, I was able to not only write the book, but to get it published and get it out. So that's the journey of how this book became about. 
That's awesome. I love that. And it's going to be a very weird metaphor, but if you've ever seen old school when Will Ferrell just says something completely articulate, but effectively blacks out and said, this was the most amazing thing, most intelligent thing you've ever said. And I don't remember what it was, but I'm glad you remember the title because the title is fire. The book is fire. And one of, one of the things that I saw and that I read in the essence, because, you know, people submit and they say, hey, I want to be on the podcast. This is like, it's just like the journey to support people. And when you think of inclusion, to me, mm-hmm. it's thinking about the other people and what they're going through, not what you're going through. You're already at the, I mean, I say top of the ladder. You get what I mean? It's like, hey, how can I understand what these people are doing, provide a context so other people can understand it and make the path easier because the path shouldn't be harder than it already is. And for women and people of color, like it's pretty damn hard. So like, and that's not fair, but we won't talk about that part yet. Anyways, that's how I interpret it how you approach things and view things. And it sounds like some of that resonated with you as well. You know, you have just shared something that I wish so many other people could understand. The work in diversity, equity, inclusion is the hardest job I've ever done. And this is the third company that I've set in the chief DEI role. And what's different in this work to be successful, it has to be about others and not about you. If this is about winning for me, I will lose every time. I won't be successful in influencing the organization. The mission has to be about serving other people and understanding what can make life better for them. That is the magical piece of advice I would give to anyone who desires to work in this space. And secondly, it requires an emotional muscle and level of maturity um, that's very different from many other areas or aspect of the business. Just because the nature in and of itself challenges our long-held beliefs, values, what we've been taught as little kids. And, and that's very difficult for people in an organizational culture or workplace. Yeah, absolutely. And the organizations that you have come from, the three, you know, I did a quick napkin math, like represent 250,000 employees, like total, like it's not insignificant. And I think that might be even undershooting as I as I read it there. And what I find, I talk to a lot of people, this will be episode 200 odd, okay? And the concept of leadership and people approach leadership like, I am going to lead, I am going to take people, I'm going to help them where they want to go. But it in my experience, they have their belief of what leadership is. They have their learned of what leadership is. But Mm -hmm. if that context didn't come from being underserved, underrepresented, Mm -hmm. then they only have their own context of what they know to lead, not how do I lead others around me that haven't had the same life trauma issues that I've had. And I think that that is the next level for really great leaders to take everybody along, not just the ones that are life alike. Yes. Uh, Agree, disagree. What are your thoughts on that? No, I absolutely agree with that. You know, leadership is a journey. And my definition of leadership is when others choose to follow you in the absence of power, authority, and position, because they believe in you in the direction you're willing to take them. A lot of people report to bosses, not necessarily leaders, because a leader may not always have the positional power, but they certainly have the influence to move people. And I think it's important as leaders for us to spend the time and have the level of compassion 
to want to understand about the lived experiences of others. Truly, that's the only way that we could advocate for them in a meaningful way to help them thrive in whatever community or organization in which they worked in. And it's do you have the curiosity or the empathy to just ask, even when bad things happen, how did that impact you? How are you doing? What can I do to help? Tell me about your life's journey, your lived experience. How might that help you in our company? What are some of the insights that we can glean from you based on some of your life experiences? Because all of the companies are in the business of providing either a product or service. So the individuals that are reporting to you, they're also your customers in many regards. So thinking through the lens of what innovative ideas can they offer us just by having enough compassion to ask those personal life journey questions. Absolutely. And the the word that resonates with me is that lived experience, because it's not just learning. It's not just background. It's not just color uh, or whatever, or race, ethnicity, background. I I also have to take opportunity because I am not without my own gratitude for our chief client officer, Jenna Sedmak. I was... I was the person that I was talking about two years ago, three years ago, and she helped our company just understand it and and reflect on it. So Jenna, thank you to you for everything that you've done for us and our ability to drive that forward. Uh, Joy, as you think of your career and the you know all the different organizations that you've worked in, what struck me again was the layers. You know, you have the executive leadership team, you have managers, you got managers, managers, you got frontline employees, and I think some people approach their jobs, if their bosses are not, they're saying, oh, who am I for people to listen to me? I don't have power. Now that could be, I don't have power going up. I don't have power to have people listen to me about my own views on inclusion or understanding people. You know, what do you say to the organizations you're working in or have worked in that have to deal with those levels and how do you empower people at all levels through the things that you talk about? Well, one of the things I think we first have to recognize and who we're talking to. Um, So in most cases, the individual that I'm always talking to is the frontline employee Mm -hmm. in any institution that I've worked in, because I feel like if I could meet their needs, capture their commitment, speak to their lived experiences, I have a better chance of speaking to now the kind of the up and down uh, portion of the organization. I think one of the mistakes we often make in corporate America is that we're only trying to talk to upward leadership, Mm -hmm. upward management, and we lose the insights and even the proximity to those, which is the, I mean, in most companies, your senior leadership is what, 5%, 5% or less of the organizational population. So we forget the 95. I want to help the 95. Now, To your point, many may ask, what can I do as a frontline employee to impact and influence change? And my first comment to them is you're not powerless. It goes back to the definition of what leadership is. And if I were to give it one word, it's the ability to influence, 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 influence. We can influence people by merely sharing our life story. People may not remember these organizational mantras or principles or vision statements, but they can remember a story that pierces their heart, that touches them in a way. We don't forget those things. We keep those things with us for life. And the more employees, even at the front line, begin to share some of their experiences, both inside and outside of the organization, in a way that where we capture the heart of our leader, 
We then have the ability to change the way they think, feel, and even the decisions they make. Everyone in a company has that that ability, regardless of level. So I began to ask them to feel more comfortable and empowered to share their stories and their experiences in a way that captures the heart. I love that. Uh, can you think, uh, is there one of those examples? Cause I always ask people like one of those like lesson learned or aha moments. Can you think of one of those moments where either you were in a workshop or you're just having a conversation with somebody where somebody did something to just like palpably moved you that inspired you and you say, Whoa, like that was, that was powerful. Can you think of something that either you did oh, or yes. somebody? Okay. There are so many of those stories, but I will share one. I remember I was leading diversity, equity, and inclusion. I was in a role And at that time, I was really focusing on equal treatment. So there's a difference between equality and equity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, equal means that if I give you $1, I give the other person $1. That's equality. And relative to our employee resource groups, we had women, Blacks, Latinos, Asians, LGBTQ persons with disabilities. And one of the things that our LGBTQ community asked for at the time, they wanted to have physical things like flags and other artifacts to put on their laptops. They wanted to have them up in the buildings, you know, just various, you know, throughout the building. And when they came to me for uh, the decision to have these things created, in my mind, I began to think about, well, if we do this for you, then I'm going to have to do this for every last community. Then how can we maintain all of these different assets and artifacts in the company? It will be disruptive. And I didn't really understand the value of what that meant from their lived experience. So one individual met with me and shared a story of how they were so afraid to come out at work. And literally at another organization, seeing the representation of a flag that was a sticker on someone's laptop, whether they were part of the community or just an advocate, created a safe space to where they felt they knew when they engaged with them, they could be their full, authentic self. Mm. And I'm underselling the story, but because it's not my story, it's theirs. But hearing that story, it pierced me in such a way that it changed my mindset. And I went back and advocated for this community to have the physical representation allowed within the organization on all our work sites so that individuals would have a physical reminder that when engaging in with this individual, that room, that they could feel safe. And it was really the difference between equality and equity. And equity means I can provide you solutions to help you thrive. Because what your differences are may be very different. This person may not need it, but it may be the very thing that you need to give you a chance to thrive. That story has stuck with me and changed the way I thought and still think about equality versus equity. Hey, Anthony here. One of the things I don't talk too much about on the podcast is what we do at SME Strategy. So I wanted to let you know that if you and your team are thinking about getting together you know, this winter or even in the new year for strategic planning, that we'd be happy to have a conversation to see how we might be able to help your team walk through the strategic planning process and make sure that your people, your strategy, your culture are on the same page. 
one of the most exciting parts about the work that we do is being able to lead people through a proven process to help them get to where they want to go. If you're interested about that process, our video about it on YouTube just hit over a million views. So be sure to check that out. Let us know what you think. Uh, but most importantly, I wanted to let you know that if you are looking for somebody to partner with your team to support everybody in getting aligned, moving forward towards a clear set of goals and objectives, and really making sure that you have the foundations for that next stage of growth, that we can partner with you to do that whether that's through an offsite strategic planning session or you know follow-up support services to keep you accountable to help your team grow and develop or really to lead a full transformation so if you're interested check out smestrategy.net you can check out our about page our services page it'll tell you more about how we do things and i'd be happy to have a conversation with you to see if we're a good fit to help thanks so much i appreciate you listening to the podcast and now let's get back into the episode that's uh, that's profound and and that's really cool to hear because you know when we talk about okay let's be a little ramble but we talk about the culture you want to set a good culture you want people to be performing at their best you want to be able to drive outcomes well people need to feel safe they need to feel trusted they need and and your ability to do that provided them a space for them to to be their self and i think that that was really interesting and then the other piece around the equity is you know people have different working styles like we think about diversity equity inclusion typically in terms of race gender background you know sexual preference whatever but there's like cognitive thinking yes and that i don't think often gets talked about but it is such a you're like hey oh i have a tendency to ask people to think on the spot and when there's certain people who are like, hey, I like to process, I like time, and I don't like mm-hmm. to be called out, I have to really be aware of saying, whoa, just because I like it and I can do it does not mean that's the same for you. And it's one of those things that we have to learn as facilitators, understanding different learning styles and different working styles. You're absolutely correct. So uh, a- anything that you would want to tell our listeners about how to be more I don't know if the word is empathetic, but call it aware of what other people, uh, how they can build their muscle of understanding others, uh, notwithstanding buying your book, reading it and living it. But go ahead. You know, one of the things I will tell you from a personal experience, I I often felt uh, much earlier in my career that I had to change my style, uh, my approach in ways that were so dishonoring to who I am for the sake of being successful. Because I think you're right. People look at what we call primary dimensions of difference, age, race, sexual, gender, orientation. And we don't really sometimes think about those other preferences that are material to us building relationships or not building relationships or even feeling judged from others. Are you quick on your feet? Do you talk with your hands? Do you have an accent? How you approach a situation? All of those things can be career disruptors and, and, and limitations. And one of the things I found, I had a really good leader who wanted to know what would make me thrive. Joe, what's tell me about your best day at work and why was it your best day? Asking those provocative questions. Um, that may not be so provocative, but you can get to provocative insights about how a person shows up either to their authentic style or their the prototype of the style of the culture of the organization. Um, and those could be very different. I would encourage leaders, I can't underscore the importance of spending time 
getting to know your people. I used to go into meetings and focus only on the business. If it was an hour meeting, 60 minutes, I was on my to-do list. Now, even with my team, the first thing I start with, how was everyone's weekend? What's going on in your life? How are you feeling? Tell me something about either your family, your dog, your cat, whatever is important. And that's what we call lowering the waterline. Mm. Getting to some of those dimensions of difference or style, approach or behaviors, and even to understand what you value. Because when I know what you value, then I have a better opportunity to understand how to reward you because I know what's important to you. But if it's always about the business and we don't do some of what we would consider small talk, we'll truly never really understand um, how to lead a person um, to be effective. I find it interesting. I was thinking about like, you know, remote work is that some people don't feel comfortable in this, the Zoom area. And again, the person, I, I think it comes to the judgments. Are you putting your preferences and judgments on other people? Whereas mm-hmm. what I'm hearing from you is saying, you know, taking the time to understand where's people's strengths and authenticity as it is on your shirt, if you can have them allow them a space where they can be the most authentic, that's without making it cliche, uh, but give them, making them get their, their best work and get the best out of the person. And they're going to have the best experience out of your workplace. And that's the goal. That's like the win-win, right? That's why I gave the subtitle of the book, How to Win on Your Terms. There's more than one pathway to success of winning. And, you know, it's it's narrow-minded leaders think of success as a through a very myopic lens in view, which means it's only my way. There's only one way to present this, only one way to do this. And quite frankly, that's when we lose the authentic nature of individuals. I remember once I was presenting to a senior level team and I was meeting with my leader at the time and he, I had presented my slides to him, but he thought the slide deck or the PowerPoint needed to look one exact way. So he changed my slides and then he told me, say these things and do it this way. That was the worst presentation, in my opinion, I had ever had in my life. I was uncomfortable. I was trying to remember his style, his rhythm, his groove. It was so disingenuous to me that I didn't didn't do well. Mm -hmm. And I made a point and a pact to myself that day that I would always advocate for a leader to trust me, to do it in an authentic nature while respecting the company culture. But let me do it in a way that's comfortable and safe for me so that leaders can get to see excellence in all its many forms. It doesn't have to look one way. And since that day to this day, I've never had that experience again. And I think it's been because I learned how to advocate and influence leaders to allow me to show up in a more authentic nature uh, and define winning on my terms. Awesome. I love that. I think it's something everybody can stand doing. And I'm now reflecting on myself, the conversation I had earlier. And I said, well, well, how am I judging someone else's interpretation of the business? Because I am in a strength zone and they are not in a strength zone. And I just, yeah, I got some reflecting to do on my own. So thank you, Joy. I appreciate that. Uh, where can people connect with you? Where can they learn more about the work that you do? Uh, where can you, uh, you know, speak some joy into their life? Absolutely. You can visit my website, www.speakingjoy.com. I am on all social media, 
as just speaking joy. And I'm even on TikTok now trying to figure that whole world out, finding my authentic rhythm. Uh, and on LinkedIn, just Joy Fitzgerald. I would love to hear from you. And if you've read the book or plan on reading it, I'm always welcome to your feedback and our questions. Perfect. Well, we'll drop the link in the bio to the description. But Joy, thank you so much uh, for being here today. And folks, my guest, Joy Fitzgerald, who's a senior vice president, chief diversity, equity, inclusion officer at United Health Group and the author of Finding Authentic Rhythm. Uh, One of the things I'm left with today is just checking myself on my own biases. And the word stuck out was narrow minded, that the path that I see is this way. And when I look at my narrow mind, if it doesn't allow me to see what other people are seeing. And I think great visionary leaders need to be able to see what other people see so that they can kind of grasp onto that and help them win. And so I'm going to challenge myself. And even while I think I have an open mind on certain things, where might my narrow mindedness be coming in and limiting our company and our team's potential? So Joy, thank you for speaking joy into my life. Thank you. Thank you. That was well said. Thank you so much for having me. That's my sincere pleasure. Folks, thanks for watching today. Share this with somebody you like. Share this with somebody you don't like. Share this with anybody that you think would need to listen to it because I think it just makes all of us better. Uh, I appreciate you watching. appreciate you subscribing. And uh, my name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thank you again, Joy. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.